You are listening to the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. This is a full spoiler alert for Season 4, Volume 1 of Stranger Things. If you haven't watched it, don't listen. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Put your cat down. Put your phone down. <laughs> this is Slut Pup. Get your t- out. And go and watch Stranger Things, Season 4, Volume 1, right now. There's your warning. That's all you Then you can come back. Then yeah. you can come back. Oh, and then you can come back. And yeah. if you are... If you're listening from Shudder or Netflix, um, send some money away. Seems fair. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the Their Queer podcast, the podcast where two homos called Liam dive into the world of horror, get in a plane, Go to Alaska or Russia. I can't remember which one it is by now. A place with snow. A yeah, place with we, snow. We go to a snowy place and meet some sexy guards and <laughs> fight a demon. Anyway, this is a special episode. It's not like a usual format. Today, we're just going to be discussing our thoughts and feelings and musings on the latest season of Stranger Things, season four, volume one. Dropped a couple of days ago, and the whole internet is a buzz. So, as it should be, as it, it should be. be. I'm so excited! It's finally here. Like, it's taken a good few years. We've had to. We, the Stranger Things fandom has had to be very, very patient uh, for this one. Yeah. And so far, I'll point out there. I think it's it's really delivered. So, tell, I'm excited you, to talk about it. I tell you who wasn't patient. <laughs> Puberty. <laughs> it really wasn't, was it? No. I mean, well, we'll get into it because I think it's very obvious that some of these scenes were filmed pre-pandemic and some of these scenes were filmed post-pandemic. But so they, cute. they just, yeah, it's, it's nice to see these faces back on the screen. Uh, full uh, disclaimer as well for myself. I'm sorry if I sound like utter ass, um, but both me and the other Liam have tested positive for covid recently so we, i'm still suffering you seem to be fine we have the we have the xcx variant <laughs> we really do i'd love chris witty just to to get up on the stand <laughs> and just start singing charlie xcx but yeah we went to a, an incredible gig last week prior to sitting down and watching stranger things and it seemed that we we got yeah. a bit infected didn't we i <laughs> think i caught mine off the poppers personally but there we go <laughs> That's what that, that's what Chris Whitty should be doing <laughs> on the stand. But anyway, we 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 divulge into other other parts of our week. But yeah. I'm I'm very excited for this episode. I'm excited to talk about uh, volume uh, one of season four. Same with the length of this season, mm. I told myself, oh, wait, I'll probably consume it in two days rather than the one sitting as I usually do. And yeah. that didn't happen. I pulled an all nighter um, yeah. because I. Got called into work on the day that it dropped, so <laughs> all day I was itching to get home. And then 
I had no home. one to message because I, I, I booked the day off work. I got myself like all set up. I'd done all my chores for the day. I'd got myself like as many American snacks as I could. So I was sat down chilling and I needed you to message. And I think you had to join several hours later yeah, because uh, you had to go into work. But Well, the plus side of it is I got home and tested positive for COVID. So no matter what. <laughs> no matter <laughs> yeah, what. we've been able to binge as much as we like <laughs> since then. Absolutely. But um, what are your... Initial, before we go too far into mm. it, what are your initial thoughts on our first volume of season four? Well, first off, I want to say I think I was initially a bit, not annoyed, but I was a bit kind of like, oh, I'm not too sure about this new release format. I know that yeah. they were like, well, we're going to practically be getting two seasons worth of episodes and content this time around. But mm-hmm. I was a bit like, oh, I, I don't know. When they initially said they were going to split it into two volumes, I thought, oh, well, it's going to be straight down the middle. And we said yeah. when we had our recap episode, which you can listen to, guys, if you want to get uh, up to date to, to obviously season four, we kind of said, oh, well, the cliffhanger in the middle is going to be absolutely insane. And then we've got to wait a month again for the, the next bit. But but they've split it differently than I thought they would. We've got we've had seven initial episodes. The episodes themselves have obviously been longer than usual. Yeah. Some of them being like feature film length, like an hour and a half or so. And then we've got two more episodes coming July first. Uh, one of them being longer than Avengers Endgame, which it's, is yeah, two and I'm a half fine with on. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm okay with that. I, I think if I'm being honest, and I don't obviously do this lightly, I. I think we kind of knew this was going to be a special season from that trailer and by God, did it deliver. I I think I have some gripes with it, but I think overall so far, and it does really depend if they stick that end in. I think this has probably become my favourite season so far. Yeah, Um, We've got no surprise to anyone. We've got near enough the exact same thoughts on it. I was... um, (laughs) We're basically clones, aren't we, at this point? We're called Liam. (laughs) We're both on this podcast and we both have the same views. And we both take a mean... But yeah, I was yeah, I was really apprehensive when I did see one the split and also the episode lengths. Yeah. Yeah, there's I we'll get into it, but that again, there are some gripes and I feel like some of the episodes could have been shaved down a bit. But saying yeah. that, I feel like the good with this season far outweighs its its yeah. very minute weaknesses. Um, oh, for sure, the, for sure. This season seems to be a complete and utter love letter to horror in general, which mm-hmm. I was more than happy about. I mean, we first got the announcement about Robert Englund being cast, and that was, that to me, that was, like, incredible because, I, I, no disrespect to him, but, like, <laughs> he's, he's, getting, he's getting on a bit. And oh, I'm, absolutely. It's fair yeah. to say, like, to see... When it was watching, I was waiting for his episode and I was like, I need it to happen. And to see him in his element again, um, yeah. acting his absolute bits off and yep. doing what he does best made me so happy. But also mm-hmm. it's made me realise how much I need the Duffer brothers to mm. be the ones to take the helm of the Elm Street franchise. Mm, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the thing is, what, what's got me has been kind of the difference in opinions online before and after the premiere of this series. Like yeah. before the series, obviously it's been very in the, in the news that Netflix is in the shit. They're losing subscribers. Yeah. Like, and I think it was put out there that they're spending so many million pounds per episode the episodes were going to be so long and everyone was like oh my god this is ridiculous we don't need mm-hmm. this and i mean i don't mind it it is hands down like i've said before one of my favorite if not my favorite tv shows so i'm yeah. not gonna be mad at the fact that there's more but then obviously since the episodes have dropped it's kind of like 
I don't know. They they always warn you as to like what to expect. Uh, like obviously last season was very much body horror, and I think yeah. there always has been a vein of horror running through mm-hmm. each season. It's just that the kids, the the protagonists, have been younger, so there's only so much that you can get away with. So yeah. now that they're older, you very much feel like these kids are no longer kids; they're young adults. They're now in in jeopardy in a lot of these situations, and they're. I don't know. I think that's why it perfectly lends itself to this yeah. probably being the closest, I'd say, to a supernatural like kind of slasher film uh, yeah. as, as such. So yeah, um, I mean, I'm incredibly happy with this season. Do we want to do like a a, de- a quick dive into like an overview of where we're at? Yeah, yeah. So like a brief overview is uh, last season ended with the defeat of the Mind Flayer, the apparent death of Hopper. The actual death of Billy, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> L losing her powers yeah. and the buyers pissing off to California with Elle in tow. And it ended on such an emotional note. Mm. Oh, God, just think thinking about it now makes me want to well up. Yeah. So we return now to Hawkins in 1986. Yeah, now? I think, yeah, I think... Yeah, we're, we're, I think we're about six months or so, aren't we, after yeah. the attacks at Starcourt Mall, or if, if probably not a bit longer than that. Um, I think the, the 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 main thing people have called out is obviously we've had about three years since that last season. So obviously these kids have grown three mm. years worth of time. So they don't look like maybe only a few months has passed since Starcourt Mall happened. But yeah. I think the main thing I really love is the scope of this season like yeah. the tagline immediately when they were like they confirmed season four was going to be a thing was we're not in hawkins anymore and we were promised storylines in california a storyline in russia and a storyline obviously in in hawkins mm-hmm. and i was interested to see how they were going to tie all of these stories together yeah. i really love the stuff in california um, yeah i feel like it it worked so well i mean it was really nice obviously to keep a lot of it in Hawkins, but yeah. to see the dynamics of these characters when they are removed from that safety of their home to, well, I say safety, it's not as like the safest place to live, but like <laughs> Absolutely, that, yeah. that um, familiarity mm. with their hometown was really cool. It was nice to see Elle be able to shine. I mean, I, I know that she shines every season, but I feel like in season three, mm. Yes, she did get to, but it wasn't as much as everyone else. It was more about a relationship. Yeah. Now it was like, re- it really went into her as a character. And I feel like MBB, I, I don't say a full name because room, I don't want to, I don't, I, I don't want to say it five times in case she appears. Um, I feel like she was really given a chance to show off some incredible incredible acting in this i think and- it's nice that we've been able to see because i mean ultimately we've got the bias family so we've got jonathan uh joyce will and um eleven or jane being kind of obviously adopted into this family unit they've moved mm-hmm. to california um under dr owens kind of guidance and help they've got this lovely lovely house in california and 40 I- grand in the bank Oh, well, that's just Hopper's trust fund. So now that we know, uh, not only is, is Hopper daddy, he's also a sugar daddy. So, I mean, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. He's got cabins in the woods. He's got holiday properties. He's got 40 grand in the bank. He can, he can put a for sale sign and foreclose <laughs> on my hole any day. God. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I- that's one thing that's doing my head in, and I tweeted about this earlier. Not yeah. enough thirst about david harbour is on my timeline at the moment i know i know and well I'm we'll we'll get onto human. this because russia 
definitely comes with love in uh, in this uh, in this season. Um, but yeah, we it, I think it was interesting we got to pick up with these characters. I mean, it was sensible that they left Hawkins after three seasons of literal hell. <laughs> um, so it was nice to pick up with them. But I did like the fact that yeah, Eleven still didn't have her powers. She yeah. was very much now subject to a lot of human problems like oh i mean and i like that they didn't shy away from the fact that she's a lab rat essentially who's been like yeah. raised in confinement she's not mm-hmm. necessarily going to know maths and english she's not going to know social dynamics and all of this stuff so it was nice that they lent into that and yeah. oh my god the the bullying that happens to her in yeah while she's in Cal- is california awful. is absolutely heartbreaking to think of like because it's that's like if we're talking about horror, that's like the realest horror that there is. And it's so vicious. It's like really f***ing vicious. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I Angela. Re- yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> I know. Shame. Shame on you, bitch. But um, um, yeah. But yeah I, I love that they didn't shy away from that. As, as supernatural and as weird as this show's get, show gets, it never mm-hmm. loses touch with that base humanity. Um, yeah, which makes yeah. the show make, makes the show work so well. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, while we're in California, we also meet Argyle, mm-hmm. who is um, Jonathan's new best mate. Yeah, who was works at Surfer Boy Pizza, smokes a yeah. lot of weed, has incredible hair. I will say, oh, incredible and, hair. Uh, um, has yeah. that actor has incredible comedic timing? Uh, yeah, oh my days, it was like. In the episode, we're jumping ahead a bit, but in the episode where they go on that road trip and he <laughs> and he falls in love with Susie's sister, it's yeah. just, it was incredible. Yeah. But also is a bit of a one-note stock character. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I think I'll get into my feelings as, as to kind of like uh, which bits I think work and don't. But I mean, with this reference in obviously the human side of things, yeah, we've obviously got this new base of characters there. Back in Hawkins, we're still not ignoring the fact that there has been this loss and this tragedy. And I mean, it's all being mm-hmm. referred to as a mall fire. We kind of saw that being the case at the end of season three. Um, yeah. Hopper is presumed dead. Uh, Billy's Billy's dead. The other characters that we lost to the Mind Flayer are all kind of put under this umbrella of being caught yeah. in this tragedy and, yeah and the town is like bubbling that like mm. this town this is a town with with like there's like a an emotional volcano ready to erupt because people have had enough i think it just um, needs one person to shout evil dies tonight and we've got yeah. the halloween kills <laughs> hands. um i did but, think but, that. <laughs> <laughs> but no i i mean i i, I will say i think my favorite bits funnily enough were the bits that were then still back in hawkins like mm. i liked his picking up with, with these characters again obviously they're now in high school primarily sadie sink i mean this is just her oh, season this hands is down what a powerhouse just the whole kind of story that we're getting with max this time around is incredible and it makes sense because she's been at the center of that loss as well like yeah. last season like least l still has will and joyce and people around her like Max pretty much lost everything uh, that day at the at the Star Court battle. So it was nice to see how the relationships have changed. Obviously, yeah. with Lucas, uh, Mike, and Dustin are now part of the Hellfire Club, and we get the introduction of the incredible new character Eddie Munson um, and his ragtag group of misfits. Misfits, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I know we had some interesting conversations uh, about him. Uh, he's he's played by Joseph Quinn, and I mean he's 
he's Liverpoolian, so he's a Scouser in, in real yeah. life. So it's 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 fun to see another British actor being a part of this like American yeah. town. Um, his hair is incredible in this. I know it's a wig, but it's mm. it's a great one. They surprised me with this character because at first I couldn't stand him. I think that the the he was obviously supposed to very much be an oddball and seen as that because that's obviously what lends into the storyline of Satanic Panic being a massive thing mm-hmm. and the very real issue that parents and adults had about Dungeons and Dragons when it became popular. They they were thinking these kids were literally summoning demons everywhere, um, which is the we a get- real thing. We get an incredible <laughs> X-Men reference with the Hellfire Club. Any mm-hmm. comic book fans listening will know that the Hellfire Club uh, was set up by Sebastian Shaw in the X-Men comics, and they're supposed to be this like this exclusive club who are a little bit like the Illuminati, and it's just people <laughs> sp- spending ridiculous amounts of money and getting into orgies and doing drugs. and Yeah. <laughs> Sounds but, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I love that little nod because obviously we had the Cerebro nod last mm-hmm. season. So um, as an X-Men fan, I was over the moon. So we get yeah. introduced to those. We get to see Robin and Steve in their element working in the video store. Their yep. friendship is as strong as ever. Yep. I really love that Steve is such a good friend, has never accidentally Absolutely. outed her, has yep. never never told anyone else, even, even with how close he is with Dustin, has yep. never told us. Oh my God, just their their friendship this season and Robin in general this season. I'm really mm-hmm. glad that Robin got to be expanded on a bit more. So we've got that going on with them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I'm some kind of prophet because I've always said that Lucas was too cool for this group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, if you follow us on TikTok, you'll see our incredible <laughs> three minute recaps of each season. Um, and it turns out he, he kind of is. Yeah. Um, he's now... Well, he definitely stopped. thinks he is. <laughs> well, yeah. He's now um, on the basketball team. He's on the bench, but he's he's like a bit of a jock now. His relationship with Max has dissolved. Mm-hmm. Uh, his relationships with his friends are dis- uh, is kind of dissolving as he's like battling between, you know, his social status now that he's a basketball player and still wanting to enjoy stupid nerdy things like Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. But also while we're in Hawkins, we, we only get a brief glimpse at first, but the most important bit of characterization for me is Mike's mum. Mrs. Wheeler. In- gets this incredible perm this season. Um, <laughs> she goes full Xanadu. Mrs. Wheeler oh, goes she full Xanadu this but season. She, this season, <laughs> we don't see much of her, but when we do, she's got this incredible blown out perm and this incredible like 80s style. She looks, Looks as stunning as ever. Um, <laughs> she's still with that douchebag. But also another character who we get introduced to this season, well, introduced, reintroduced to is Erica. And Erica is just as fabulous as ever. Mm-hmm. Is becomes more of a key player this season and le- like just doesn't give a f- anymore. Like she's like, I yeah, love I'll, it. Yeah. I'll join you Dungeons Dragons thing and I'll school everyone on. Absolutely. On I, I mean, I, I think Erica is just perfection i wish mm-hmm. i wish i had an erica in my life um, i wish because, i was erica i mean yeah i i, I wish that for you too yeah. <laughs> but i love that yeah we, we're kind of reunited with with all these characters and another character obviously that we revisit as well is uh nancy who's now in a bit of a tumultuous time in her relationship with jonathan it's long distance they're not really getting on all too much and mm. she's now looking to be like 
editor-in-chief at the school paper, which I thought was a nice shift. Obviously, we'd seen her going up against all the shit at the Hawkins yeah. Post last season, and now she's very much the woman yeah. in charge. I um, I fell back in love with Nancy this season after oh, taking a bit of a dive with her. But purely yeah. because, just because she's away from Jonathan, I think, mm-hmm. in this season, I have never been on board with Nancy and Jonathan. It's never been my cup of tea. Yeah, um, I mean, initially, and- I very much was part of that. Like, I left season one wanting her to be with Jonathan, not Steve. Mm-hmm. But then it's been interesting how, over the two seasons they have been together, I've then been like, oh, okay, I don't think this works. I... I don't want her to be with any of them anymore. I want her to be with Robin. <laughs> I mean, that that would also work. I also just want to point out as well, whoever she pissed off in the hair and makeup department last season, she's very much made amends with because this season yeah. I think she looks great. Her <laughs> hair is, is incredible. Her wardrobe's incredible. Yeah. I mean... I think she... Yeah. Her mum, when, when, when her mum went to get that perm, she was like, you are coming with me. I'm not looking at this helmet anymore. <laughs> Yeah, every I think every every wrong that's been done has been uh, fixed this uh, this this time around, and I suppose the only other kind of side of things that we then also get introduced to in terms of scope, and this is more in episode two, is what exactly happened then with Hopper at the end of season three, yeah. and why is he now in Russia? Why is he in prison? And how are we going to get Hopper back to Hawkins? That's that's ultimately like the big. Mm-hmm the big question a question i Mm. feel like took too long (laughs) yeah gets any sort of payoff from um i was really i was really happy with the way that hopper was reintroduced i really liked that we had that flashback to oh well if you paid attention she didn't actually see him evaporate and then yeah from the teaser that they put out way before season four we we knew he was alive thank Mm -hmm. god um, and in one piece as well. Yeah. He wasn't maimed or harmed. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then we find out he's in this Russian super prison, super max mm-hmm. prison. A poor, poor baby. He gets a haircut. And normally I'm not into bold men, but... Whoo, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that bit where they're shaving him. I was like, can I have a go, please? <laughs> I'm sure that's a kink for some people. Oh, I'm my sure days. it definitely it, is. It, it is. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> Oh my days. Uh, so yeah, Hopper is alive and as sexy as ever. I love the fact that they keep him alive just because of how much of a man he is. Even the Russian even the Russian guards are like, This this guy is so much of a man, we mm. should put him to work. Oh, and yeah. I'm I'm happy with that. That's absolutely fine with me. I will say though, however much I do like uh, David Harbour and also the character of Hopper cannot stand his feet he has very weird feet oh well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't care I, I have a weird thing about feet anyway it's not for me oh. um but there was a lot of foot shots in this in this season and I'm yeah not, I, i'm not a foot t- person box. i'm not a foot person but i'll worship i'll worship anything <laughs> to do with that man wow wow i'd i'd donate all my savings to charity if i could just get a mere sniff of his <laughs> <laughs> Just a sniff. <laughs> I can't wait to edit this and just beep out all of these <laughs> parts. But yeah, I suppose so. Th- that they're the three main kind of interweaving stories that we've got going on, and that really obviously highlights the scope of this season. I think the first episode was absolutely killer, and it oh. really helped establish like each of these important like mm-hmm. zones that we were exploring. It established exactly obviously where these characters were now and what they were doing, and also in incredible fashion helped establish the big bad of this season oh which is my Vecna. days the end sequence of episode one yeah was at, like my mouth was near enough on the floor and mm-hmm. 
shat myself a little bit. So as we said previously, this season really throws itself into what people know, like, know and love about horror. So we end the first episode with uh, head cheerleader Chrissy. Mm-hmm. Um, she's had a lovely little heart to heart with Eddie. Considering they, the life of, of class A drugs. Yeah. They, yeah. Go back to his trailer to do something a bit stronger than weed. It's boring. Um, but then, but then things we hear, we see a grandfather clock. We, we know that things aren't going well. And then we get mm-hmm. the, the first look at the big bad of this season, Vecna, mm-hmm. named after another Dungeons and Dragons character, who is this terrifying, tentacle, skin devoid creature with an incredibly sexy voice. <laughs> an incredibly sexy <laughs> Now, that voice, it, I mean, it was giving me Freddy Krueger, but um, yeah. It, yeah, but I always feel like Freddie's voice was always a bit sexy anyway. Um, <laughs> if you look past everything else. Yeah, um, the third degree burns and yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> And then we get into the sequence where she's lifted into the air, Nightmare on Elm Street style, and just broken up. <laughs> Absolutely. She's like... Snapped. Pretzord, isn't yeah. she? Absolutely pretzord. I mean, I think that was it. I think the, the Duffer Brothers promised that this season and the the reveal of Vecna was going to be the closest to like a villain like Freddy Krueger, Pinhead, mm. Pennywise that they'd kind of had in in the season. And I think that's another thing I really love about Stranger Things. Every season, although we've kind of had this common thread of like a demo creature or like the mind flayer controlling everything, there's mm. always been like a new big bad. And I love yeah. that they introduce it and explain it through a character in the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah. I thought I thought that was that was great. What I love about it as well, this is the first character who's been given I mean, obviously we had possessed Billy last season, but this mm. is the first character we've been given working through someone else it's them. yeah they're like sentient and, and they're sentient and, and, yeah. yeah oh yeah. my god absolutely like some of the dialogue that Vecna <laughs> uses is bone chilling so yeah chrissy dies poor chrissy r.i.p she's a good actress i got a confused at first. i thought she was actually really good because i know there was yeah. a lot of flack online about the fact that she's casper van dien's daughter and they were like oh she got the role because of nepotism and all that in hollywood is she? she is indeed so i was what a man <laughs> so i was i i don't know i was looking at her under a close lens and being like okay do you deserve this role i well, think she was great i thought she, she was, was perfect. great but i um yeah. It wasn't until the episode ended and I wanted to look her up. I thought she was the, the main girl from Yellow Jackets for the whole Oh, she, she's got similar eyes, hasn't she? She's very eyes. doe-eyed. But, um, mm. but yeah, that happens. Poor thing. Also, during this episode, we get flashbacks to Eleven. I was going to she... say, yeah, we can't like miss the opening. Yeah. I mean, and... this, this is where it establishes this is very much a horror series. We've got mm-hmm. an absolutely terrifying opening sequence and the introduction then obviously of this villain and yeah. his threat as well but, we but get, yeah that opening jesus yeah. christ the opening um we <laughs> see a blood-soaked 11 and the mutilated bodies of all the other test subjects thrown around her mm-hmm. with eyes uh, her eyes pissing with blood and i love the way it's set up because Papa's they're like what have you done I think that yeah. that was it. I mean, uh, it's obviously it's been memed already, hasn't it? The fact that mm. Eleven or Millie Bobby Brown's going crazy in a rainbow room and killing people because she just hates homosexuals. That so. shot <laughs> where 
I've seen it. Is a it where she's crying? Times, where she's crying and she's looking at the rainbow drawing and turns around. Oh, they knew exactly what they were doing with. They're that. not doing any favors, are they? They're definitely leading into into the fact that they vroom, uh, vroom. vroom vroom absolutely. They, they just need to get eleven driving, and I think we'll uh, we'll have everything we need. Um, but yeah, that that opening set up obviously a lot of questions it was nice to dive back into that i think as well what i found really interesting as well and i've unearthed this again since i can remember way back when when season one dropped and it was one of like the first interviews all the kids did gaten matarazo who plays dustin actually spoke about like a theory that he'd spoken with the duffer brothers about and he Hmm. said what he thought would happen further down the line is that we get to see all the other kids that were experimented on one to ten and that they'd then somehow something happens to them they've died maybe due to an experiment or they've become trapped in the upside down and then they yeah. are what turn into the monsters themselves well one so thing they really I find that needed quite yeah. scary that he predicted well, that <laughs> one thing they really needed to do this season with it being the penultimate season is we needed mm. answers to a lot of questions and that yeah. is like one what's going on with the powers two what's the connection to the upside down and i'm mm-hmm. really glad that we got that joyce gets a package with a lot of russian stamps on it and <laughs> she's like oh it's got a weird doll in it i need to speak to somebody who knows russian and she right up until now murray for me has been like a oh that, okay it's nice in it this <laughs> yeah. season was this was murray's season hi murray <laughs> i am a murray stan if anything happens to him i'll kill someone um she calls murray murray's like you need to be careful. It's probably a bomb. Uh, it turns out it's not a bomb. It's a check, like a chain letter. Uh, yeah. And it's like, Hopper's still alive, hun. She gets a mysterious phone call from a really sexy man. Uh, Enzo. Enzo. And he's like, Oof. Hopper is in prison. I can get Hopper out of prison. Well, can you just do that again, but slowly? <laughs> <laughs> so Joyce's whole storyline this season with Murray mm-hmm. is arranging a prison break with for Hopper um, via Alaska and Russia. I think, yeah, they, they did well to, obviously, I mean, from the trailer, I think we knew that they were going to be the ones on that side quest. And I do think it is very much a side quest. I think the primary focus is obviously what's going on in Hawkins and in California. I suppose, yeah, mo- moving on, obviously, now that we've established Vecner and we've seen what he does to people, I think initially I did draw a parallel to the opening quite early on, like the way that the kids were disposed of. So I suppose yeah. we'll touch upon that again later. But I suppose that kind of clued me into where we were going with stuff. Well, what um, really scared me was when we saw the way that Chrissy died mm. in the trailer, they obviously showed Max being levitated in the air. Now, my initial thoughts mm. were Max somehow gets powers. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, no, we then, spoke about it, didn't we? Yeah. But now, yeah. like, from seeing that, I was like, protector at all costs. Absolutely. Yeah, especially after after the second person we'd seen levitate, we were yeah. like, well, this is definitely a thing now that happens yeah, before then they it's, die. It's Nancy's colleague at the school paper then gets it. Mm-hmm. And so Nancy's investigating that. I love I loved all of that. And I mean, I will uh, say as well, I think every every season channels like a vibe of a director. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, we've spoken about season one very much being like a Spielberg season. I, yeah. I'd argue that I think this one's Wes Craven season. Um, it really is. The opening of episode two, when we've got Chrissy's body being being wheeled out, the music mm-hmm. sounds just like uh, Marco yeah. Beltrami's score from Scream, I thought. And the and yeah. Nancy's kind of a pseudo Gail Weathers now in this, in she, this she's role. She's part I love Gail it. Weathers. Uh, obviously, her name's Nancy. Um, so she's, you know, she's very much like Heather Langenkamp's mm-hmm. character. I mean, yeah, if we say that, because season three, 
for me was the Carpenter season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. and, well, Carpenter, Clive Barker. Yeah. This season, again, I feel like it touches a lot on Clive Barker as well and Wes Craven. And it's this gore, I think it's such a beautiful love letter. I mean, we get cameos and Easter eggs dropped throughout the whole season. We get to see Freddy at one point in the video mm-hmm. store. Yeah, yeah, he's um, in the background, isn't he? Yeah. My favourite my favorite Easter egg this season was the Elvira poster in Russia. Oh. I was clapping and cheering <laughs> at that point. But one of my favourite things this season is um, the development of Robin. Now, mm. Robin and Steve are like constantly having heart-to-hearts and talking about their love lives. And we find out that Steve still harbours feelings for Nancy, which yep. makes sense. And, and Robin harbours feelings for you know, random girls. But um, <laughs> with this as well, the, the greatest thing they do this season is they never explicitly say it, but there's the nods and the symptom, the, all the all the signs that Robin is autistic. Um, mm. and I, I, really, I thought that this And I really like out. it. I really like that it wasn't a huge plot point to the point that that's all her character was, but I really do like that they were showing that like, she's still capable of doing all these things Mm -hmm. and also happens to be an autistic person. I think, you know, because she's more involved in the group now. And I mean, in in episode two, we get this lovely moment where uh, Nancy's, um, or I think episode three, actually, where Nancy's being questioned about the death of her colleague. And then Mm -hmm. she sees the crew kind of pull up and there's no dialogue between them. There's just like a nice wave that you can just, I I can remember just getting all warm and fuzzy and being like, oh, the crew's back together now. They're all going to be investigating. And I liked that initially the dynamic between Robin and Nancy was a little like jarring like they didn't get on there was mm-hmm. this friction I read it more as these are two completely different people as well yes like, the Steve thing just happened to be happenstantial but like these two are like chalk and cheese like the, the yeah. characters that they are but Robin's are, very intense isn't she and yeah. Nancy's very like structured and but what I really yeah. love is Robin uh, in the first episode is talking about when she's talking to someone she likes she can't shut up and everything she can never shut up around Nancy and <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute yeah. but their, their development of their friendship throughout this season was absolutely gorgeous to the point where there's mm. that scene where Nancy was like, you just called me your friend. And then mm. Nancy smiles and it was just like, oh, yeah. this, is, this is gorgeous. I mean, um, this is this is the strength of it, isn't it? And I mean, we've always said that. The, the writing and how they get these characters to have these relationships that feel so organic is mm. always where it, I think it's going to shine. I mean, speaking of relationships, we in, in episode two, we go obviously back to California. Mike's now there for spring break. And this is where he starts to then learn that Eleven isn't having the best time. Yeah. And I mean, the bullying obviously continues, even though they're not at school. Um, and I, I think we all were in unison <laughs> when we when we saw that um eleven she didn't have her powers she couldn't do anything like supernatural she just gets a roller skate and she just <laughs> into oh Angela <laughs> I I cheered and whooped and I loved Same. that it was it was like it wasn't even like a little bump on her head it was a full on gash. gash and I was like that is incredible uh, I love the, the fact that she's going to be permanently scarred now as well me too that's come up and <laughs> you Angela yeah with that it does put a strain a little bit then on Mike and Eleven and Mm -hmm. then it gets this moment where Eleven's like you always put from you never put love and you never say that you love me and I don't I feel like I'm not I feel like there's nothing to me without my powers Mm -hmm. um we get this then side plot of Dr Owens is it Mm -hmm. god yeah um comes and basically Elle Elle gets a taken, lifeline, yeah. doesn't he, really? L gets taken away by the police for what happens to... Um, Which I do love, because one of yeah. the things I thought, although it was lovely to see Angela get absolutely ruined, I was thinking, 
in the real world, there would yeah. be repercussions. Oh, but there's consequences yeah. for your actions. Yeah. But, um, so I'm glad that they, they did address that. But yeah, she but gets yeah, a she lifeline gets, offered. She gets taken away. And then we do think she's about to get kidnapped and, you know, she's about to get like taken away. But it turns out it's Dr. Owens, the sweet angel doctor uh, from season two. And he's mm-hmm. like, here you go. I can get you your powers back. You're incredible. I love you so much. You're an icon. You're a legend. You're a star. Um, she's a runner. She's a track star. Let's save you. But also <laughs> at the same time, the US government are shady bitches and oh my are going to try and yeah. kill you. And we get this action sequence at some point where these really nice agents are like, let's save the boys because the US government turn up at the house. And mm-hmm. they just they just get it. They yeah. Get it. But yeah, Absolutely. It's, yeah, it's the, very savage. So Elle gets whisked away to a lab in the middle of the Nevada desert. Sending a letter to Mike, and I do love yeah. the subtle shade that she signs it from Elle. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Me too. And she's I was like, like, she knows what she's doing. To Mike, um, I'm going to get You're su- a piece of shit. Yeah. I'm going to become a superhero. This is for Rachel, you <laughs> nasty ass bitch. So yeah, she gets um, she gets whisked away to a secret lab in the middle of the Nevada desert, and it turns out Papa is alive. His hair is looking as incredible as ever. Um, I had to Google to see if it's a wig, and it's not because he's always had great hair. Um, oh, I definitely thought it was a unit. For no, sure. no, he's always had great hair. If you look at him when he was younger, his hair yeah. is so thick, and his hairline is incredible. Anyway, envious of that hair. Yeah, turns out he's alive, and he's like. I can get you your powers back, but it's a psychological thing. Or, uh, well, you've had kind of like a a, a brain stroke. Yeah, I like the way that they explained it because I think yeah, it was it was, yeah. it was a big question. It's basically, she's suffering from PTSD and oppressed memories. Now to uh-huh. get her powers back, she has to then go back. So we get these gorgeous flashback sequences. The hair's gone again. The hair's gone uh, again. And I yeah. mean, it snatched. is actually gone as well. Snatched. Yeah, <laughs> snatched. The weave is gone. Yeah. And yeah, we we see some flashbacks of Eleven and her time growing up in the Hawkins lab. And we actually see it wasn't, on the surface level, it wasn't as evil as we initially thought it was. It turns out Papa's yeah. character was actually quite benevolent in some senses. Actually mm-hmm. sat down and spoke to the children, had a laugh with them, was nice with them. Obviously there was some stuff yeah the, the opening the relationship that he seems to have with with that character like i think yeah this is definitely the season of answers and i know they've said that it has to answer a lot because it's setting up for the finale season yeah. next next time um but yeah delving back into that world and i think they did it really cleverly as well like getting around the fact that millie bobby brown is now 18 she's no yeah. longer an 11 year old oh, girl i know there is some weird great. Yeah, I, I did think it was a bit uncanny valley at some times. Like, mm. obviously, it's going to be. We know she's not that little girl anymore. But I, I loved how they got around it. Like, yeah, we saw sh- her as her in yeah. those flashbacks. Now, that's um, so. I was going to say that was a re- really clever move by doing that. that Would you have uh, gone back? Would you have gone back? Because you know, as soon as he was like, "We can get your powers back," and maybe then some, I was like, "Yes, I'd, I'd 100% go back. I'd oh, put myself okay. through that again." Yeah. Maybe she can fly at some point. That's what I'm this hoping is, for. So, this yeah. is what I'm thinking. She Something needs to happen. So she gets yeah. like mega 11. Mm-hmm. So she can absolutely just trash but anything. If she gets stronger, then that means that whatever's coming next season is going to be worse. <laughs> so while all that's happening, Joyce and Murray uh, formulated this plan via Yuri, who mm. is a, like, a Russian spy smuggler, to get over to there. He turns out to be a bit of a bastard. Absolute um, bellend. We have the most incre- them. 
the incredible breakout sequence with with Hopper, who like fully tries to dislocate his foot to get his foot out of chains. Yeah, he break. He gets his ankle broken <laughs> just so he can get his chains off. And I was, do you know when they're hit? Do you know when they're hitting him with it, and he's making those grunts. <sighs> well, once I finished the season, I went back to that episode, played it, and closed my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty beast! <laughs> but yeah, I absolutely love that. I will say though, I don't know if you know about this. There was um, some stuff online about the fact that did you see about the Monopoly game? And that it spoiled a lot of what happened this season. Yeah, well, um, my boyfriend pointed that out to me. And he was like, just a heads up. If you see anything about Stranger Things Monopoly, don't read it. It'll give something away. Now, I yeah. don't actually know what it gave away because I never looked it up. Well, I, I was I was a bit pissed, if I'm being honest. And I think, obviously, so were the people behind the show. Because it says that Eleven goes voluntarily back to a lab to get her powers back. So, obviously, that's a big... Big oh, thing. that is a big thing, yeah. And it also says that Hopper makes his escape on a snowmobile. So we knew that there was mm. going to be this, like, kind of thing at some point. Yeah. I think there's another thing that they, they spoil, but it wasn't as, kind of, like, major as, as those two two beats. However much... I mean, I think the weakest parts for me were the, the Russian bits. Me too, yeah. Like, uh, was, however much I loved much. Murray, I found it incredibly silly that he was a black belt and there was the, these, like, weird action sequences. I get that they were funny, but it just felt a bit weird well, for me. Well, I, t- I just feel like a lot... Like, that happened too quick and then yes. not enough happened. I feel well, yeah. like we should have had more of mm-hmm. Joy- seeing Joyce in California and Yeah, exactly. And then that plot line should have been introduced a couple of episodes in and then yeah. have that. It was to stretch that yeah. across the seven episodes, considering they were all like an hour and 20 minutes long as well, was just a bit... There yeah. Was bits, there, was, there was bits where there was too much stuff happening elsewhere for me to want to then see what was happening in Alaska and this Russia. Is, this is it. Um, and I think this is where the season kind of struggled a little bit i mean i'm I'm trying to obviously think about the the episodes that stand out and i mean we have obviously jumped about a bit in in our telling of this series we will go to episode four but i mean yes. i think the the where it fell apart was yes it's great that we had this scope but we were like i don't know we just get to a really pivotal moment in one mm-hmm. story like particularly in hawkins or even yeah. california or with 11 and then we'd hop to Alaska and I was like I yeah. don't give a shit what's going on with Joyce yeah. and Murray in this it, plane to me <laughs> when it particularly stood out to me was when they were um, going through Victor Creel's backstory yes. and I was like this is the bit we get this gorgeous sequence where it's set up very much like Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. um, and it's beautiful and then we finally get to see Robert England, and I was so happy because he just he does the absolute most but yeah. doesn't but doesn't like take anything away from anyone yeah i really in that scene the fact is when they said that her name was nancy he should have said nancy and it really me off that he didn't say nancy i I was waiting for it i was waiting for it i was like he he is meeting someone called nancy they as much as even even if i don't care how on the nose it was this whole show is a love letter to cinema and stuff from the 80s and yeah that and then casting that put like Robert England, mm-hmm. it he should have just said it. <laughs> well, I mean, so so we're very much on on episode four now with what we're talking about. I mean, I think we have jumped ahead a little bit with Elle's storyline and obviously Joyce and Murray as yeah. well. But I mean, episode four, and I think we've obviously spoken a bit about this as well. This se- series definitely seems to be about tackling trauma, PTSD, oh, mental health, trauma. And- trauma and (laughs) and i think obviously the monsters and all these things that are going on are very much metaphors for that Mm. and i think yes episode four 
by far stands out to me as the best of the season yeah. so far. Uh, the, and I think the, for a lot of people yeah. as well. The, the episode four is what everyone's raving about online, quite mm-hmm. rightly so. Everybody's calling for Sadie Sink to be nominated for an Emmy. And Absolutely, I after this episode. completely agree. This episode is very Max-centric, and we find mm-hmm. out that Max is just re- like understandably really struggling with what happens last mm-hmm. season, losing, losing her stepbrother, but mm-hmm. also losing a pseudo father figure her relationship with her friends dissolving and this whole episode is all about max trying to come to terms but also she's found out that the way that vecna gets into people is by playing on that trauma Mm-hmm. And there are warning signs to look out for. Now, all the warning signs are all, all there for Max. And Max mm-hmm. is somebody who's like, I'm going to die. And for, for somebody mm. at that age as well to think, I'm going to die. Well, I thought it was it was obviously um, introduced quite early on that she was going for counselling. We saw mm. her taking tablets and stuff. And I mean, I will say, I've watched this, this season, what we've had, the episodes we've had so far twice now. Um, mm-hmm. since it's been out and it is nice to rewatch it because obviously it sets up these these common symptoms almost of this haunting or curse of Vecna with the headaches and the nightmares and the nosebleeds um, but on the face value when you first watch it you think holy shit this is like a very very young girl who I think mm-hmm. I know I think she's like 20 something in real life but I think she's 15 in this yeah. um, and for her to like just be downing tablets and, and going it's, it's yeah. a lot the whole um, the whole weight of the world is on max's shoulders and 100%. she she pens these letters to her mm. friends and family and she has this gorgeous sequence with her mum her mum's pegging out some washing and she's yeah. like trying to say goodbye to her mum it then turns out it's like this up mind game by Vecna. Um, that was very but, Nightmare on Elm Street. That oh, whole thing, it really was. Yeah, yeah. and it was yeah. it was terrifying. But then it's going to go through with what happens to Max now. <laughs> and she drives <laughs> up to the cemetery uh, to Billy's headstone because she wants to be able to get everything off her mind and mm. be able to say a proper like goodbye to Billy. So she reads this. Oh, this heartbreaking like yeah. This, read this heartbreaking letter and she's just talking to Billy then we get to see Billy and we're like oh god and it turns out it's Vecna being an absolute twat and then well, I think this is where I realised my theory of who Vecna was fell apart so I, I think I then really knew because obviously oh. last episode we said I thought it was going to be Billy um, yeah. in the upside down you said you thought it was going to be patient or number one so I think at this point this is when I knew I was like sake Liam's but, um, right <laughs> yeah then she actually gets sucked into Vecna's world which is like the, well, the upside down but like Vecna's, his boiler room Vecna's yeah. boiler room oh my god yeah. we get to see these scary f-ing demo bats um mm-hmm. and we get to be in his house which is very reminiscent of um the house on Neobalt Street from Stephen King's uh, yeah, It for um, sure. and we get this sequence where we found we find out that um, you can pull someone out of one of Vecna's trance through music because it touches a part of the subconscious. Mm-hmm. And then we get one of the most incredible music beats used in a TV show or film mm-hmm. with through Kate Bush's running up that hill, Deal With God, from her incredible, perfect album, Hounds of Love, which is my, I'm not going to, it's not a Kate Bush podcast, but. But it should be. That, <laughs> that album. Um, yeah like got me through the darkest time of my life and i'm a huge kate bush fan, well a lot so. of people say that and yeah. i mean i've said that for for years and i mean this this does tackle a lot of like very serious stuff like i mean mm. that her whole dialogue with billy is very much about the fact that she was maybe thinking about killing herself and part of her was like happy that he died yeah, so, yeah it was, absolutely it was, yeah it was just it, it, 
the the emotional beats in this episode are just like them being perfection. Them being scored perfection. by this gorgeous song and this incredible montage of a portal from the upside down opening up into the real world, and she can see her friends doing whatever they can to save her, and her running from this well, incredibly this- overpowered monster. This bit, I mean, I I have no qualms in saying, you know, season two, when we found out we were getting new cast members and Mm. Max was going to be a cast member, I was very much like, no, I want the original team. I don't want any new characters. And and, I mean, they did really well because by the end of season two, I absolutely love Max. Mm -hmm. But I did not realise just how much, and I mean, I messaged you after I'd watched this episode. I didn't realise just how much I cared about that character. And the fact is, I think this was the one moment, really, well, there was another one later on where I really felt one of these central characters was in jeopardy. That montage and those edits of those really sweet moments, I thought, Jesus, they're wrapping this up. She's going to die. I thought she was going to die. die. And I was like, I was crying, like, I was watching it. My mouth was open. I I literally shouted, run. (laughs) Run, bitch, run. Clutching my chest and I was crying. (laughs) Yeah. Because the music dissolves into this like kind of like remix of the song and mm. um she's running and we finally get she she finally makes it and i was like thank f- i can breathe now mm-hmm. it's just it's just there's not been a moment in television that's had me reacting mm. the way that i did to that since the episode of buffy uh the body mm. um there's not been a moment in television that's made me have that sort of like physical yeah emotional and traumatic reaction to it so that happens um it, it really i think it did stand out i mean i don't yeah. i think in all honesty i think it's probably one of the greatest episodes of the show ever mm-hmm. if obviously not one of the greatest episodes of tv uh, and another point as well just to point out there's a tradition with this show that um sean levi the executive producer always directs episode three mm-hmm. and four and they made sure that he did these episodes as well and i mean credit to him because he's he's handled so many moments like iconic moments like the light up wall in season one and and obviously this episode is going to be a standout so yeah just sheer perfection the ending with those words of her saying i'm here i'm still here it's just that it's just like (laughs) it's layered and nuanced at the same time it's just gorgeous and then the end credits roll and we get this gorgeous like string arrangement of mm. running up that hill which as soon as that gets really it needs to get put on on a soundtrack yeah. somewhere for sure but, um gorgeous so yeah, and we, you said it was number one didn't you in the charts at so the moment, is currently right? number, yeah. it's number one in the uk and the us on yeah. streaming charts uh and deserves it good um i hope this brings kate bush out of her little house by the sea and <laughs> she's like oh i'm gonna do some shows i, again, I mean but, i like and, that this this show's done that for people because there's going to be a lot of kids who enjoy this show mm-hmm. who wouldn't have listened to Kate Bush before. I no. mean, I, I've said this before. I got into Fleetwood Mac because of uh, American Horror Story. Because mm-hmm. um, I was like, I knew them, but I didn't know of them. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure a lot of people are going to yeah. find more of her work and appreciate and it. Thank God. Um, and if there's anyone out there, we're not doing recommendations this episode, but my recommendation is to go out, listen to any Kate Bush album, particularly Hounds of Love uh, and The Sensual World. And maybe um, just go and dance in a nighty on a field somewhere yeah, as well. Just... I'm not going to do that afterwards. Now I'm, te- <laughs> now I'm testing negative. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, while that's been happening, Nancy and Robin have been at this penitentiary getting Victor Creel's story. Since that, Victor Creel was accused of killing his whole family. 
uh, mm-hmm. and in a horrific way. But then we found out he was like, oh, it wasn't me, it was a demon. Mm-hmm. And it's quite believable. When you tie his story and what's happening with Vecna, everyone realises, oh, okay. It this was is Vecna. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and we just, we do get this heartbreak. Oh my God. There's a moment. Now, I don't like kids and babies, um, <laughs> but there's a moment yeah. where we find out what, Victor Creel's trauma was and he was yeah. in World War Two, and there's that sequence where there's that cart on fire just on fire and the, the screaming, screaming baby that yeah. was that was horrendous. done so well like because you don't need to see it to know what's going on even just hearing hor- it is horrible yeah. absolutely horrible mm-hmm. but yeah and like my final bit on Robert Englund is he he absolutely smashed it with it proving that you know he just gets better with age um, yeah and I think my only my only disappointment is is that I I kind of feel like that's going to be it now. I don't think we're going to get any more. And I mean, no. it's not that I feel like we need more, but obviously selfishly as a horror fan and loving oh, him, yeah. I want more. I, I mean, wanted I loved... him to be back now. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I think I love I love the little homages, obviously. that We've literally mentioned Michael Myers in, in, in one of the episodes. We've mentioned Freddy Krueger. We've seen him in the video store. Um, and I love that he was scratching the, the table yeah. with his nails. Oh. I think Sean Levi said that that was his nod mm-hmm. to Nightmare on Elm Street, which I get. But yeah, I mean, I'm 100% with you. He should have said Nancy at some yeah. point. It seems silly that he didn't. I mean, th- this episode was just perfection. The team up yeah. with Nancy and Robin, her whole monologue about women and overcoming struggles. Oh my God. Yeah, also, the montage with her, like, in the dress and everything yeah. and just I every just... <laughs> every season's given us a makeover and this one didn't disappoint <laughs> this in... one was robin's oh, robin's season but, um but when we yeah. um so yeah everything's like everything's at like a, a 10 from yep. here on out um mm-hmm. so the boys uh in california who Jonathan's forgettable until this. Um, I really didn't like Jonathan such, this such season. Such a nothing character this season. And yeah, uh, you know what? Um, I'm not, I've never really warmed to him anyway. Yeah. Um, but Fair. So, <laughs> what, so the boys are being pursued by the army mm-hmm. <laughs> in California. So they go on a road trip, um, escaping them. They end up at Susie's house, who's Dustin's girlfriend. And we get to meet her weird, eclectic Mormon family. Uh, we do get... Really well, is it is it are they is it essentially like an orphanage i didn't no, get no, like no. what it's, the vibe was no 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 they're all his kids but <laughs> it's, it's just because they have they, they don't believe in contraception do they so oh okay just, okay that explains it they can't stop f***ing and giving out kids <laughs> these kids so are have... awful as well although um, i did like the little kid who was a director <laughs> me, like, that is a hundred percent me <laughs> <laughs> see i was uh i really like the breakfast club nods to mm the like goth teenager who, <laughs> um, yeah. who yeah we do get some nice comedic beats there but i what i really like with that though is i really like that they brought susie back and they gave her like this like oh she's the mm. she's the brains again but i really yeah. i really hope at one point susie and dustin actually get to see each other in Th- this is it yeah That's it's like I we've really had want. more susie with yeah. everyone else but dustin um so the I'm only really times i've seen them together are like at the premiere when they're <laughs> the yeah. actual actors so of that. That's happening. So they're on the run from them. Um, mm-hmm. There's stuff still going on in Russia, Alaska. All you need to know at this point is Hopper is uh, has been chosen because he's a bastard to fight the Demogorgon that we know that the Russians have somehow. He's preparing for that over there. It's very gladiator, isn't it? This whole like yeah. kind of setup here. We've got a collection of prisoners knowing that death is coming and yeah. them going for their last meal. Yeah. But, but and we, obviously we do, he's clued in. He's he's seen this get, thing before. 
we do get some gorgeous dialogue with Hopper though, where he says that he thinks he's cursed because all this bad mm. stuff keeps happening to him. But the one thing that keeps him fighting is he knows that it's not a curse; it's his duty as a father to <laughs> to keep Eleven alive. I really I love that they've really, really given him this like heart. Tying um, back as well, obviously, to the scenes with his daughter in the first oh, season. Yeah. And I mean, like I mentioned as well with the tie-in novel, there's like a lot of kind of stuff into that there. So mm-hmm. I think what I love is just the fact that this is so in-depth. Like you can yeah. tell that the Duffer Brothers know this entire story. And I think that's why it's wise that they're capping it at, at five seasons because that's the sort, that's the story. Yeah. They know everything back. They know everything where they want to go and that's mm-hmm. it. So yeah, I'm... yeah. I'm a fan. <laughs> and then, um, so when we go back to Eleven, we see a lot of just, because most of Eleven's story this season is her just being like, oh, okay, I'm doing my past life regression stuff. Yeah. And we get to see that she wasn't actually all that powerful when she was being experimented on, that all the other kids were kind of like outranking her, but she got some help from an orderly there played by Jamie Campbell Bauer, who it took me ages to realise it was, it was him. Um, <laughs> the weirdo from Twilight. <laughs> yeah. As soon as um, I saw him, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, well, all that's happening. He's just like, oh, I used to work with number one, which is ominous. And he's like, because <laughs> we don't hear about number one at all. Um, no, no. And he's like, oh, yeah, I used to work with number one. And this is what he used to, they used to do um, to get the powers. And it starts working. And it turns out the reason why L like reacts so harshly to the bullies uh like angela and everyone is because it's like ptsd from when she's it was happening to this, her yeah already yeah. all that's going on with Elle. she's going through all these flashbacks to her past we find out mm-hmm. why she's being bullied back in hawkins the whole town has had enough it's it's mm-hmm. boiling point they've had enough of people dying the head of the basketball team was chris's boyfriend and he's like it's these goddamn Satanists. Um, yeah, very much leading, dragons. leaning into the satanic yeah. panic side of things. And mm-hmm. I, w- I will say, I think this is where it started to get really interesting for me again because I did. Mm. It did very much slow down. I think after episode four, and I mean, yeah. obviously, I think it had to. It couldn't stay yeah, at that yeah, level. Definitely. We were back into like Hawkins and the the town um, and mob mentality. I think is one of the scariest things in horror films. I mean, yeah. it always has been. Um, and I mean, Eddie Munson has obviously very much been held up as like this monster of the town when we know full well he's completely innocent and i think it was nice then to see i i don't know this this clash of of what people thought was going on and then yeah. i mean ultimately we then get the reveal that one of the basketball team is also being infiltrated by vecna and yeah. has his own magnificent death scene over a lake yeah. um, and i think that's when people start to realize yeah, I don't think this is a human problem. I think this is very much a monster <laughs> problem so yeah, um, because that's of happening. That, um, he rallies the whole town into finding Eddie and bringing it, like bringing him to just uh, mm. like bringing justice. All the while, what I really love about that scene is all the parents, and we've never oh seen my these parents God. interact with one another before. Yeah. And they just are. Oh, they're just the, the There's that little them. scene where they all like run outside yeah. of Mike Wheeler's house. Mm-hmm. And I just love the, just seeing all these parents scuttling about because yeah. they're like elderly versions mm-hmm. of, of the kids. I just thought that, yeah, that was magic. Yeah. And um, we obviously get to see Mrs. Wheeler um, just looking f-ing incredible. <laughs> Long story short, so the kids are just like, they meet up, they find Eddie, and they're like, look, we, you know, we need to do something. Uh, also, it turns out that every time that Vecna kills someone, he kind of comes into this world and leaves a portal behind. Mm-hmm. Where was the last time he killed someone? And Eddie's like, oh, on the lake. So there must be one under the lake. Turns out there is one 
my, I will say as well, you know how people have said that how scary this season is? One of the scariest scenes for me was that opening shot of that poor fish swimming by oh. and then just getting tentacled. I know. I absolutely well, I, I've, been re- I've been reading a book about an underwater... Ho- I've been reading an underwater horror book. Uh, yeah, you've been reading the, the Deep, haven't you? Oh my God. I'm not going to go into it, but it's, it terrified the shit out of me. So it didn't yeah. help. So um, they were like, right, we need to go into this portal. And Steve offers to do so in a Shut glorious us. moment where he takes his top off and they're talking about, oh, he's got hair on his chest. And I'm like, mm hmm. If, yes, like, if I didn't and like then, Joe Carey or Steve Harrington anyway, this cemented out, it. <laughs> I was like, oh, should, can I find him attractive? Turns out we're the same age. So yes, I can. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. So, um, also, Max, that scene yeah, where Max. Max gets the binoculars, just like, let me see. And it's silent. It the silence is deafening. And I was like, in this moment, Go I Max. Am Max. <laughs> Max, right. Go, Max. I've realized I am Max. She's a massive Kate Bush fan. And it's yes. the first first enough to steve harrington yeah they i mean just yeah so yeah steve gets topless goes through the gate um then everybody well, ends not voluntarily does he because he gets he gets dragged back yeah. down then <laughs> everybody everybody ends up going through the portal then and they end up in the upside down in the middle of the lake and they get attacked by these bats and this incredible action montage where mm-hmm. oh, where steve just goes ham on one of these bats that attacked him oh like he could he said, could stamp me out oh my and rip God. me in half when he rips the head off that bat Ozzy Osbourne style I've never wanted to be a bat so much in my life but that was one of the sexiest things I have ever seen and then because he gets injured and everyone's dead boring they have to bandage him up and then Eddie gives him his like denim jacket it's like here for your dignity and I was like you. <laughs> you could have just had a whole episode of him being topless, but no. They're all in the upside down, and they're yeah. like, we need to find a way of communicating with everybody. And then Nancy's like, well, when Will was in the upside down, he communicated through light. So mm. let's find a way. I really love the way that they did that. You know, like the particles. Yeah. yeah. It turns well, out as again, well, this is a, a season that gives us answers. We know now how Will did what he did. Yeah. And, and I mean, also- we didn't know that before. So. Th- it's great. <laughs> and we also know that the Upside Down as well is stuck in a period of time. And it's the period of time when Will first entered the Upside Down. Mm-hmm. Um, we still don't know exactly what the Upside Down is completely, how it got that way, why time hasn't moved forward. We don't know that, but we do know a little bit more about it now, which is great. I really love, like, because in one point, before the makeover montage with Robin, she's rifling through all of Nancy's stuff. Yeah. And I've got a theory of what happens there. So while all that's happening, they are looking for guns while they're there. Um, I think that's when they come to the realisation, isn't it? That the Upside Down is stuck on the day that Will first went missing, which I think is obviously going to become significant. I have my theories about this. Mm -hmm. I will say, I mean, there's two things I just want to talk about here with that. I love that we, we got another version of the iconic light wall scene with the yeah. with the the glow toy i can't mm-hmm. remember the name of them but i know i used to have one yeah, like, yeah, when i was same. a kid um and i loved how they did that with obviously oh, them tracing the stunning Absolutely such a cool stunning. idea uh, as well and obviously again this is going a bit further down the line uh, because we're obviously very much getting to the end of of this season part volume one now we realize obviously as soon as we realized at this point that this was when will went missing my first thought was okay there's opportunities here for us to save characters mm-hmm. and i was like okay this needs to be utilized then and my first thought was bar which which is <laughs> yeah which is something we do obviously get to see later oh. and i'm not too sure whether or not it is going to be something that's kind of touched upon again but i mean we'll, we'll get into that obviously with the with the end because obviously that's very much at the end but 
when I mentioned about Max, there being obviously this where we thought we were definitely going to lose this character, the opening of this episode, I very much thought we might lose Steve. The bats aren't dangerous on their own. It's just when they flock. And I mean, yeah. that was... I mean, I love that we're getting like a new creature every episode. I also love that they're like spies as well, because it yeah. feeds into obviously this hive mind like thing that we've established. Like mm-hmm. one of these things knows where you are. The entire world knows where you are. So I find that really, really interesting. And I mean, I think it was, I, 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 ultimately it leads to them both heading to Eddie Munson's cabin in the upside down and in the real world, them breaking through the ceiling and them having this weird literal upside down moment of them climbing yeah. through, which, then gives that there's a big twist then at the end that Nancy's going through and then she's also now under Vecna's yeah. control. And then we get to see Barb again. Well, this was it. This is where I thought, you know, as soon as she got pulled into the swimming pool, mm-hmm. I was like, holy f-ing shit, there's going to be a demogorgon here. We're going to see Barb get pulled into it. Like how amazing would that yeah. be? Is she it's then got the time. redemption yeah. to then save that character? But so- then they, they saw a weird slot body. Yeah. Of a, what's, so. up in, what's up in the air at the moment is, A, what's going to happen to Nancy? Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously I've got a theory of how Nancy's going to be saved. Um, I don't think she, yeah, I don't think she's going to die. No, at all. Uh, but I feel like I know who's going to save her. Mm. I feel like Robin's going to save her. Because when Robin was going through her belongings during the makeover montage, she came across some tapes and I reckon she pocketed one. And they're going to put some music on. But I also, I really feel like... That would be interesting. I really feel like Steve's going to get it. And I I don't want it to happen, but I really feel like they're going to kill off Steve and I'm going to be really angry. Because it's the perfect... In that way, it's the perfect opportunity to do so from a writing point of view. Because he's just like... He's got this emotional connection to Nancy and he's Mm going to be the one to save her. Uh, and it's going to spur Nancy to go on. It's also yeah. then you've got Dustin there, who's like his. I was going to say we're cementing about how much he has these really great relationships with people like yeah. Robin, Dustin, Nancy. Everybody people who are going to miss him matters to Steve is there. So yeah. I've got a feeling it's going to happen. Plus, um, he's already been injured as well, so he's not or, full Steve or Power. At the last <laughs> minute, Eddie jumps back through and takes one for the team. Hope so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it would be, it would be expected, I think, for the new arrival to be the one that goes. Yeah. But I do very much think that they are going to, I think we're going to at least lose one of the big players. Yeah. <clears throat> not to, not to coin another franchise, but we are literally in the end game now. In, in Alaska slash, well, in Russia, Jason Hopper reunited after he has a battle with the, the demogorgon that they've got there. Yeah. We took far too long to get to that. I yeah. mean, that was a big set piece it that was, was promised in the trailer yeah, and it, it took a, a while. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it was a beautiful reunion and it made me really happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so where yeah. we are with them at the moment is how the f*** are they going to get back to Hawkins? Yeah, but I mean, well, th- th- well, this is it, yeah. So so there is this battle in, in this, like, coliseum of sorts in the Russian prison. Hopper and sexy Enzo are still alive, which is great. The mm-hmm. door's been shut, the Demogorgon's the other side of it, and Joyce and, and Murray have full control now, it seems, of the base, which is great. Obviously... All, all of this was coming to a head. I mean, the one thing that we don't really see any more of, which I was a bit confused by, was the California group. We don't yeah. really see where they're at after Susie's. Mm-hmm. So God knows what's happening there. Obviously, there's a few things I think we need to discuss about that. From the teaser that was kind of then released straight after. So if you watch all of the episodes, you then get a teaser trailer at the end. It looks like Hopper and Co are very much staying in Russia for a while. There yeah. seems to be a weird cloud 
monster thing. I don't know if this is going to be the mind flayer again in some flayer, containment. Yeah. Yeah, there looks to be another never, dead demogorgon it, yeah, in a cage it's or never, case. It's never explained how the Russians managed to get the hands on a demogorgon. So yeah, yeah that's going to be cool. So, so I, I think that I, I think that's they're going to stay there for a while. I think, in all honesty, I mean, I think it would be bold for them to maybe get rid of Hopper properly. I mean, I don't want it to happen, but I mean, it will be ballsy. Uh, I think Murray's going to be the one who yeah. gets it. Uh, I don't think Enzo is going to do too well either. No, um, Murray and Enzo are going to go, and that's really going to yeah. upset me because I really, really warm to Murray and watching season three back as well. It, mm. He just. I love him in season three. And a bit yeah. where he's at the fan, he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, um, I think this is it. Like you, he started off at, he, I mean, he's been right there from the start. Like that mm-hmm. first episode where Joyce reports Will's missing. He's that crazy conspiracy theorist coming into Hopper's office. Like the Russians are in town and no one believes him. So to see where it's all like led and, mm-hmm. and this again, it speaks of obviously the fact how informed the writers are and them knowing what they've wanted to do from the start. But yeah, I mean, it, it seemingly, I mean, the, the big, big obviously reveal at the end is that we now know who Vecna is as well. Mm-hmm. Eleven has now been thrown into the worst memory uh, because sh- they're basically needing to speed things up. And she sees this massacre in the rainbow room and, and obviously the facility. Which we've been led to believe that she was the one who... Mm very cleverly as as well like i mean obviously him saying uh you've got uh popper turning around to her and saying what have you done you Mm -hmm. then kind of realize what she's actually done is she inadvertently released number one upon everyone because she removed his like power yeah he had like an inhibitor chip yeah and she removed that and it turns out he had that because he was the one who killed his parents and he was just he was just too powerful he he was the creel's son wasn't he so it um, turns out he's the Creel's son, which I watched it for a second time. And when they said that he slipped into a coma and didn't die, I missed that the was, first yeah, time. Was, yeah. I missed that the first time. So watching it the second time, mm. I was like, oh, it kind of does set it up. But I, I did enjoy I did enjoy the reveal. Um, I'm really intrigued, though, because I, we know that Eleven and him have like a battle and she's the one who sends him into the upside down. Well, she essentially vaporises him. and Vaporises him, yeah. sends him into the upside down where he gets mutilated into this Vecna creature. But I just want to know how he becomes what he becomes in the upside down. I need mm-hmm. to know, just, I, I need to know more about there's, the upside there's, down. There's so many, there's so many questions with it. I mean, if I'm going to be honest, I think the last episode, I didn't really enjoy <laughs> all that much. It, it was obviously one of the longer ones. I felt it was way too expositionally. Like they were really shoehorning in like, this is Vecna. He's number one. He's the one who's, and I didn't think it was the most, like it wasn't the biggest twist. I personally don't really see him turning into Vecna. Like I don't find him that intimidating. And I, 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 I don't know. I, I think we need obviously more of that. My question lies with, yeah, obviously, well, what's happened then? Has she created this character? And also why did it take him so long to then start again? Like doing these things? Cause there's been a seven year gap from obviously him going through to mm-hmm. them now attacking teenagers. I, I, I think a lot is obviously going to be answered in these last two two episodes, but seemingly I think she seems to now be in control of things again and knows how to maybe yeah. engage her powers. Uh, we've seen like her getting rumblings of stuff back again, so I wouldn't be surprised if we pick up and she's now then going to head to Hawkins. So yeah, I'm wondering, I, f- I feel like the Mind Flayer is going to come back to it, obviously, and I, j- I do want to just know more about the upside down mythos that I hope get an- answered. I need to know mm. why it gets it's stuck in that certain period of time and hasn't moved on, considering that other people have gone back and forth into it since then. Yes. It's like, 
like other things have happened since then a new a a whole new like big gate opened up but why is it why is time not moved forward whatsoever with it i need to know i need to know how the russians first discovered it as well because we don't know that you can't just point a laser at a wall and then discover it that way so i mean obviously yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot that still needs to be answered there's a lot of plot holes but Mm. i think they're going to answer certain questions, but they very much already said these last two episodes in particular are very much going to set up this foundation for this massive finale next I, season, um, which I'm, I'm ready for. As, said, as <laughs> much as much as like the Alaska Russia subplot was like the way that I would have edited it, as I said before, was introduce that that subplot a bit later on. Yeah. Still, show, still show us Hopper, but not the whole journey to getting him there and stuff like that. That could have been done in the last like three episodes to me. But yeah, I think it would I have th- made more sense. But then at the same time, I think, I, I don't know, it was obviously a very diff- difficult balancing act. Like they had to keep revisiting these stories every episode because otherwise we would have gone into season two territory where the penultimate episode becomes a completely different story and then we're back to the action speaking of season two what really Mm. confused me is that we never got to see number eight well she they did make reference to her didn't they when she was revisiting the memory of her mum that she escaped or she was not there or something it was was so i was like i was expecting to at least see her has to be her surely yeah yeah that's whatever I, by the I, by I, I have i have complete <laughs> and utter faith in them because this is such a standout season and i wasn't i was expect it sounds awful but i was so like apprehensive i was really thought they were going to jump the shark with with this season i thought mm. they're just there's something it's going to be too much but it, it just yeah. wasn't i feel like it's it's so wet like this is I really hope that this gets more people back into the show because I know some people. I think it off. will. I think it um, definitely will, because it's it's been a return to form for it. I mean, it is completely different, I think, than the other seasons, but still mm. packs the same punch. I, I definitely had that moment of you know before starting to watch it, thinking, "Shit, what if I really don't like this?" Because yeah. it happens with plenty of other TV shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I was absolutely blown away with how much i absolutely loved it i mean even I just, from the first and the opening just, i knew mm, i was going to be in you can see where the money's been spent as well because it looks gorgeous mm. uh, not to go back to episode four again but that whole sequence in episode four it's just so cinematic so gorgeous i mean yeah you can say it, it was money well spent to me mm-hmm. this whole thing was money completely well spent um i really like like so much of the tie-in um going into it like i really love like some of the merch that's coming out of it this season, mm-hmm. of which I own most of the Primark range. Shout out. <laughs> I, I honestly, need to get there. As soon as I'm COVID free, I'm, I'm going and I'm nabbing as honestly, much as I can. Shout, shout out to Primark for their incredible Stranger Things collab this year. So I mean, good. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so much great stuff coming out. I can't wait for the, the soundtrack release. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, everything's looking great. The posters, stunning. The the soundtrack, as usual. I really love that we got to hear "She'll Kill You" again. That yeah, made me really like. That's yeah. my favorite piece of music. We got to hear "Kids" again. Yeah, right. Um, it was yeah when they were hitting these really familiar beats. I I did I did admire that we dipped back into the OG soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, when she's back in the lab and being subjected to all this stuff and getting her powers back, and so, yeah, it was it was it was great. Um, there are obviously some 
there's there's some there's one thing that I think we really need to discuss as a queer podcast, mm-hmm. and then there's also some theories I'd really love to run through with you if that's yeah, okay uh, in in closing of this episode. The main thing that we were all very curious about, and we we obviously spoke about on our recap uh, episode, was the character of Will, where Will was going to go, whether or not we'd get the big reveal that Will is actually a queer character, and by God, it's definitely I think looking that well, way. Yes. It? So there are a couple of things I, I feel. Like again will will had a nice like a couple of nice moments but Mm -hmm. part of me is glad that they've kind of stepped away from will a little bit because just too much has happened to the poor lad there's definitely hints there that he's got these feelings towards mike we don't know what his painting is yet if Mm -hmm. if it's a complete red heron and it's not actually like a portrait of him and mike but it happens to be the mind flayer or something i'll be (laughs) absolutely yeah well i'll be cool yeah this is it. I, I think it's either going to be that. I mean, I, I don't really know, like, if it was a picture of him and Mike. I mean, I think they're hinting, obviously. He, he I, I thought that scene was really touching where he was basically saying he just wanted his best friend back and he yeah. he found it hard to open up to people and say, and, and I mean, as well, when they were having to talk about their figures of influence or history, mm-hmm. for historical figures, his was Alan Turing, wasn't yeah. it? So I was like, well, that's. For, for the people who know what they're looking for mm. well that's what, good what that's gets good. me is there's just been an interview with no schnapp and he was like oh if they don't address his sexuality they never say anything about it because they just want to leave it up to viewer interpretation and i'm like that is if that happens to be the case i, I don't think like that's, that's going to be the case this season i think if, well he, he said that like in the last couple of days since oh. the release he's like i'll send you the tweet and if that is the case i will be very severely disappointed um i mean well, we said they don't have to figure it out but they don't but you can't you can't set something up in the way that they have done and i feel yeah. like they really have done particularly with this season they can't set it up like that to only do what they did with like sherlock and everything and just have it like completely queer well you had the girl next to him in class playing footsie with him which he pulled away yeah. Um, and obviously made it very apparent he wasn't interested. Yeah, there's this painting. We want to know what's going on. There was the weird hug, like with Mike, that mm. moment. Um, there, there's been a lot that's obviously been bubbling away, and he's had these very like close moments with Mike. Mm. I'm not too sure what's obviously going to happen. I know that there was the the interview that they did with David Harbour, Winona Ryder and co, uh-huh. uh, and Finn Wolfhard. They said he's very much interested in another member of the group this mm-hmm. season and i think obviously it's apparent it's mike because there's no one else he could be interested in i i, I don't know i don't know where it's it, it's gonna go i think there's i'm hoping that obviously yeah we know what's on well, that painting whatever by the end of the season whatever happens happens i'm just really glad that they didn't like the, I, I spoke on it briefly earlier when they robin is you know established as a lesbian character and mm-hmm. that whole thing with her and steve and i said it earlier like when he's he hasn't outed her because mm-hmm. Steve's supposed to be this bumbling idiot and mm. like himbo. he's very careful around but that he, isn't he yeah. he is such a good friend that he's not even told like any he's not told a he's single told soul he's yeah. been oh my god and I just and he just wants the best for Robin and so do I to be honest um <laughs> I hope Robin gets to get a love interest I think that'd be really nice well it was hinted that obviously with the other person that in the, in the marching band, band. Yeah. and I think um people knew she was going to be featured in the in the show the excuse me, the actress. Mm. Um, and I think obviously everyone's kind of like, well, hopefully that's not going to be all of that. I feel like it's probably going to be something that will be revisited again. Like, you know, once everything's settled down and we get yes. that, like brief, those brief moments after the, the horrors kind of been defeated. And I think then maybe her and a girlfriend will be part of mm. the crew next season. 
I so feel like you, that's what's going to happen. Have you got any wild theories you want to throw out there? Well, there's a few things that have been noticed uh, mm-hmm. about this season um, and a few things that I kind of want to point out. So one of the things, going back to Will, is the fact that when Mike arrives uh, in California and they have that whole day and obviously Will is very, very upset that day, mm-hmm. it's actually Will's birthday that day and no one's remembered. Because oh. when you get... <laughs> When he's tied up and he's possessed by the Mind Flayer and Joyce has that whole monologue saying, can you remember this and can you remember mm. um, who you are? She says, your birthday is March 22nd. And when you see Elle getting videoed on the camcorder in the centre of the rink, it says March 22nd. Oh, so no. that made that even more heartbreaking. And his mum's pissed off to Alaska <laughs> on a business trip that day. I know, but then there is that bit where he, they're at the dinner table and he's like, what? You're leaving? And like, I think obviously, it, I, I find it, it's, oh, it's all very sad. Another thing <laughs> that was maybe noticed, but I, I think is, is is incorrect, I just think that maybe the actresses look similar, is that, you know, when we go to the, the underground lab that Elle is now getting mm. her powers back in <clears throat> the counselor works there who was working with um max and co at the school um but i just think it's an actress who looks very similar oh, okay. um, i don't think it's the same uh, lady but i mean obviously that would be a, maybe a cool tenuous link they've Ooh. got someone posted in it would Hawkins, make it would make like sense. keeping yeah. tabs on stuff it would make sense the ticking noise has been present in previous seasons as well when you see billy meeting his upside down version of billy in season three there's ticking noises there, so we don't know whether Vecna has been kind of around well, all this they, time. They do and he say does he's get like, dragged by a yeah. tentacle as well. They do say he's like the five-star general of the mind fire. So. Absolutely. Mm. So that's that was a nice link. I thought that was cool. An interesting bit as well about the scene with Billy. Um, he was never actually on set with Sadie Sink as well, which also makes that whole wow. scene even more incredible. So. It was essentially a nightmare because COVID happened. He was still in Australia because he's a native Australian. So they couldn't fly him out to where they were filming. So his stuff all had to be filmed and composited into the shots. Have you seen the behind the scenes makeup stuff? It looks... Yes. I mean, the attention to detail because you really don't see it unfortunately like you know mm. in the show I, I i thought like because i mean one of the things when we theorized last ep- uh, last special about who we thought vecna was one of the things that fed me into the belief that vecna was going to be billy was the fact there was this this image of him getting like this chest appliance put on yeah um so i very much thought that that's what that was going to be but i think it was just obviously the aftermath of Starcourt and the Mind Flayer ripping chunks out of him but yeah i still would i still would even when he looks like that <laughs> the other big theory that's circulating about then at the moment and i mean i'm going to kind of just say this off the cuff because i've not got it written anywhere is the fact that the, there is obviously a huge significance in the fact that the day of the, the that the upside down is stuck in is the day that will yeah. witnessing and that will is maybe more more clued in to this whole thing than we'd ever realized so yeah. he is still very much maybe an agent of the mind flayer or mm. he's in fact maybe controlling this whole like dominion at the moment mm. because the fact it is all frozen in that point of time he miraculously obviously survived his time there whereas yeah. other characters didn't there's there's a lot obviously about that and i think that's obviously maybe going to be highlighted in um in the next few episodes i think it would be a cool reveal that maybe will has been the big bad this whole time um and it would maybe give him more to do because 
I mean, it's it's kind of like you said, this character's been through so much. We keep revisiting mm-hmm. this character and we're just like, can you just get on with your life? But it, I suppose it would make sense if he's he's kind of uh, a part of that. The other thing which I did find interesting as well is another theory about another character, okay. uh, which is Robin. And the fact that she is, in fact, a Russian spy and has been the entire time. Oh, that would kill me. Again, it does kind of make sense in some ways. Oh, She's no. been there since there's been obviously this prevalent Russian influence. Mm. She translated the Russian message. Obviously, no harm came to them when they were being interrogated by the the Russian agents. There is kind of this whole theory that maybe oh, no, she's that. she's a, a sleeper agent in in Hawkins. So. Who knows? Mm. Um, I think that there's interesting theories. I mean, I love all stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, however crazy it might be. Like I said, I don't hold a candle up to all of no. them, but uh, I'm excited to see where they go. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. My theory is the end of the show, and I know we're jumping really far ahead, but I feel like Eleven's not going to see the, not going to see think? past season five, like whatever comes mm. afterwards. Um, she's. Mm. I don't think she's going to. Re- she'll be too powerful at that point. Yeah, I think she might. Uh, she might kind of. Uh, I suppose it is Dark Phoenix in a way, and just maybe implode and just kind of become pure energy or whatever. But I, I don't know. I think one of the interesting things people have said it would be a nice way to maybe leave the whole thing when they wrap it up, season five, is do a similar thing to the Losers Club in Stephen King's It, and yeah. they're more kind of make a pact that if I don't know, so many years down the line something starts happening in Hawkins again, they come back and they'll, they'll take it on. Well, that's, that's what I really loved about this season as well. It really mm. did remind me of um, Stephen King's it, purely mm. for, you know, when everyone goes their separate ways and that friendships start to dissolve and stuff. Mm. So yeah. And then the house on Nearball street. Um, yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. like my final thoughts on this season um, as we just wrap this episode up is I just, I'm really excited. Uh, the fact that I've got to wait a month now kills me a little bit. Absolutely. Um, Dead inside. Uh, <laughs> and the, but, you know, um, they're keeping the buzz going, which I'm mm. really happy. Um, I feel like we'll see another little teaser trailer coming out soon, which I can't wait for. And mm. I'm just waiting for that soundtrack to, to drop. As soon as mm. that's dropped, um, I'm getting the vinyl because I need it. And I yeah. need that. If anyone's listening, I need that instrumental I need that <laughs> well, damn string arrangement. It's not quite the same, but there is a uh, piano tutorial on YouTube, which is just an instrumental piano version of Running Up That Hill. And I've been listening to that on repeat and it's is doing, it, it's doing it the, the job for me. Is it the placebo cover? Because they, no, no, they did no. that on piano. Oh, okay. No, no, it's, it is, it doesn't sound the same, but it does the trick. But um, okay. going back to the trailer, there, there is one final thing that does still worry me. Obviously we have spoken about characters we think are going to get the chop. Uh, mm. I don't think Max is out of the woods yet uh, no, because there is there is a shot in the teaser of her by the door, very much how Chrissy was at the start. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's obviously very much in like Vecna's lair again at some point, which we've not seen yet. And I'm thinking, mm. that, I mean, there's this whole theory as well about the song not actually being a thing. Like the reason Victor Creel didn't die isn't because he was listening to the song is because his son didn't know his powers and had a, a got yeah. ultimately went into a coma so mm-hmm. maybe this isn't actually preventing Vecna from doing anything oh, God, so yeah. I don't know I have a feeling she is going to get pulled back in at some point I suppose mm-hmm. the big question for me to you and I mean I'm happy to maybe answer this as well is what song do you think would save you from Vecna oh um, so I've tried to think of this so there's um, there's 
there's three songs you can choose from so okay there's um a song by my favorite band called the uh, the paper kites Mm -hmm. and it's called electric indigo so that would would get me out kate bush's hello earth would get me out and there's a song by bikini kill called for tammy ray um i can't listen to it without crying so that would yeah that would those those three songs would get me so out. as long as I'm, we've got those three on yeah. cassette we're fine and if, <laughs> or if you just stick britney spears's blackout album on um <laughs> that'll probably get me pussy popping in the upside down so yeah it's britney bitch okay okay interesting interesting see mine are going to be like depressing and, and weird i'd probably say fleetwood mac dreams uh, lana del rey summertime sadness i absolutely love and um also uh spectrum by florence and the machine i nice. think is just the gorgeous remix. Um, yeah, I'd probably go with the Calvin Harris remix. I'd mm-hmm. probably, uh, if, if we're pussy popping. <laughs> I mean, nailed it. It's like she's she's here. What I am disappointed, though, is the fact that neither of us said Kelly Rowland Commander. <laughs> well, my, yeah, my theory that Vecna was Kelly Rowland um, is completely out of the water. And I'm really, it could really be plausible. By, we don't know. But what we don't know is. So this is my tenuous uh, Kelly Kelly Rowland. Like, <laughs> obviously, she was her music wasn't around at that time. So that's bear with <laughs> me. I'm recording a podcast, Silver Black. <laughs> Sorry about that. My cat decided now's the time she wants to knock everything over. Um, it's because I mentioned Kelly Rowland. She's, she's done getting, with your shit. Yeah, <laughs> she's getting jealous. What we didn't get was there's like missing parts of of people's backstory. So I have a I have a theory. Mm. So do you know the the kid who's on Lucas's team? Yeah. Um, I want to see his parents' reaction. Now if they <laughs> if they could get <laughs> the guy who bo- died above the lake. Yeah. Yeah. Like him as the parent. Or my other thing was what they should have done was in that scene where they go to visit Victor Creel, mm. the, the orderly who was like <laughs> escorting them there should have been played by Kelly Rowland. <laughs> And then she should have screamed Freddy at him. And he's like, my name's Victor. And then <laughs> and then Nancy's like, oh, my name's Nancy. Oops. And then he's like, Nancy, <laughs> see? Just, the mm. way I had a guy in is she would have walked into the video store and uh, Steve would have been like, what do you want to What do you want to rent? And then she would have just pointed at the cardboard cut out and just <laughs> shouted. Freddy! <laughs> <laughs> That's so much better. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Mm. What is with the butter knives? What is with the butter knives? <laughs> But anyway, uh, in closing, thank you so much for joining us uh, on this special episode again. I've had an absolute blast watching this season, this part mm-hmm. of this season so far. Chatting with you is always a pleasure as well, talking about all things Stranger Things. We will be back to do the same with Volume 2 once that's out. Um, and that episode should then be going live on July 8th. Um, also, you've got plenty to be looking forward to as well with Pride Month coming up. So please keep yes. uh, listening to the podcast we've got plenty of new episodes on the way keep your eye on the social media channels as well yeah and I we're we're gonna be popping up here there and everywhere on other podcasts too we're absolutely whoring really ourselves fun. out this next month aren't we <laughs> absolutely gay rights. Uh, <laughs> gay rights gay rights um but I've, i'll leave it to you to sign us off because you always do such a magnificent job <laughs> <laughs> So what I really wanted to do was try and find the Russian for it and try and say that. I can't do that. So (laughs) until next time, remember that closets were not made for people. They were made for monsters and babysitter killers. Mwah. Goodbye. I'm from Russia. I am Russian man. (laughs) Goodbye, Yuri. (laughs) 
You've been listening to a podcast on the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. To show your support, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And you can find us on social media in the links in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.